This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. A big turnaround from the winter wonderland of Sheffield last Sunday. A home win, a clean sheet and a good evening of celebration, festive celebration for yours truly. Matt is with me. Matt, your thoughts um, on yesterday's festivities? Uh, game of two halves. Uh, I thought the first half was as good as anything I've seen probably under a Nigel Pearson side, if I'm honest with you. Um, second half Derby changed it a little bit and we reverted somewhat to type but again I think that was was also down to Derby um, but we got wasteful in possession and so it was all about the win um, but it would have been nice to have seen that consistent performance um, over the two halves but yeah I mean when you compare it to last Sunday it was chalk and cheese certainly the first half. Can't remember a game in years where we've been consistent in two halves though Matt can you? No, and and not necessarily for the, the the full ninety, but just just by by consistent, almost a little bit more consistent. It was just like two different teams again, um, and we stopped doing all the things that we were doing well in the first half. In the second half, um, mm. and like I say, Derby changed shape, and um, they they weren't. I mean, you know, they weren't great. Derby were they? Um, I was expecting a lot me. more. I was expecting yeah, I was a lot more from Derby. Um, yeah. And you know, the fact I think they had one shot on target at the end, you know, which wasn't even a, a great a great effort. But uh, you know, they 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 passed it around a lot, a lot, and and the possession stats, you know, as always with us, they were they had a lot more possession. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was um, I, it was an interesting I, one. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You and and I was surprised at the stats when I looked at them this morning because. Thirty-two um, so percent possession I, for us. I, well, according to Sky, it was thirty-three percent possession to us, sixty-seven Derby, mm. uh, eight shots to us, nine to Derby, uh, with two on target for us and one for Derby, which mm. three corners each, which surprised me. I, I thought we had more of the the play than that, um, yeah. but yeah. Okay, yeah, but it was a win. That's, it that's was in that, exactly it was a win, which yeah. um, you know a lot of people coming into the game probably wouldn't have necessarily expected after after the Sheffield United game, but we turned it around and that's a that's a big positive. Yeah. Um to Lee's, be fair, Ellie Ellie called it early, didn't she? She did call the win, Ellie. She um, did on yeah, Friday. Did. So yeah, fair, fair play, but yeah. Uh, Lee's three words were pace, pressing and points. So uh, thanks to Lee for those. Um let's bring in our guest, our guest who's been on uh, a couple of times in the in the past and once I think this season, Nigel Whittle. Nigel, how are you, sir? I'm very good, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, your your thoughts on yesterday and uh, the three points? Yeah, definitely similar to what's been said uh, and, and what's Matt said so far. It was it was a game of two halves for sure. Um, and uh, as alluded to, possession wise, again, we're a team that gives up possession, allows the opposition to dominate the ball, um, and that suits the style that I think Nigel Pearson is trying to get us to play, which is obviously to to be more direct. Um, to get the ball forward quickly and to work off off of uh, Chris Martin. And yes, he was probably one of his better games in terms of actually hit the amount of possession and headers that he's actually won. Um, 
yeah, it's it's not for me, as you know, but it, it's a win, and that was the important thing. It was a it was a huge three points yesterday, so we've got to be thankful for small mercies. I think. Mm. Okay, let's have a look at the starting lineup from yesterday. Dan Bentley in goal, Viner, Callas, and Atkinson across the back. No big surprise there with Nathan Baker obviously out. So Atkinson coming into the starting lineup. Alex Scott, Tyreek Backinson, Hanno Masengo, Kanamo Dauda, and Andy Viman. The, the change there is Viman dropping in to the midfield with Benarus coming out. Um, and Chris Martin and Semenyo up top. So for me, uh, I think it was no big surprise to see Semenyo starting, Matt, because he, he came on at Sheffield United and a couple of the, the fans, um, you know, the away fans, well, we were the away fans, but the Sheffield United fans uh, said that he came on and, and proved proved a bit of a, a handful. So it was great to see him get a start. Yeah, it was. Um, and I think Nigel Pearson, with what he'd said during the week, it was it was pretty clear that, that Antoine was going to start. Um it's funny, I, I was listening to someone say last night, um, I think on Radio Bristol, that, that Antoine isn't a striker. I genuinely think he can be. I think he, he you know, it's something that he's got to play in a position. But I thought yesterday is his power and his pace, and he and he's definitely got stronger, um, were key to the to the victory. And I actually thought um Nigel said about Chris Martin. Um certainly in the first half I felt we played the ball much more on the ground and into his feet. Um, and he was able to play a number of sort of quick passes, a little bit like McCaldrick last week, but play the ball around the corner, playing it into space. So I thought he was more effective. And I thought Vyman's energy in the middle, I don't know if he was playing as a three or just in front of, of Masengo and Backinson, but would drop back in. But I thought his energy gave us a little bit of something in there. Quality is still massively missing when we're on the ball. Um, but you know, as as what Lee said, it, it was definitely the, the the power and the pace that was different. And I think with Semenu, he's, he's more direct than Vyman. Vyman, for me, when he's up front, runs sort of mm. channels in, closes stuff down. Whereas Semenu really does go sort of direct for goal. So yeah, it was good good to see. Bit unlucky on Benarus, but he's a young lad who is going to come in and out this season. You know, we've got to expect that. Yeah, I was going to say, no. Do you think Benarus should feel hard done by in the in the scenario yesterday? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think, as Matt said, I agree. I, I think with the young players, you just cannot afford to play them with the, the pressures of championship football, sort of Saturday and, and Wednesdays and Tuesdays and the like. So you have to use them sparingly. You have to make sure you, you use them sort of uh, probably and rotation, I guess that's the key thing. You've got to make sure you rotate them. So I, I don't think it was hard done by. Um, let's, let, let's not beat around the bush. I think he's been extremely impressive. And I think we all agree that what we like about him, he seems to have a little bit of edge about him as well. Yeah. So yeah. he would definitely be in and around my starting eleven. Um, but you've got to use him sparingly, otherwise he's, he's it's, it's going to be tough on the guy. So same with Alex Scott, yeah. same with Campering. I think they're all in that same category where Pearson's got to be clever and he's got to make sure he just uses them um, and rotates them effectively. Yeah. Um, and Semenyo, Matt, I think he's now got an opportunity to get a good run of games. Yeah, he has. He's not got to let his his, his form dip too much um, difficult when you're coming back after a long layoff um, I think we probably got 10 more minutes out of him yesterday than, than really he was capable of giving I thought he you know the, the 10 minutes before he came off he, he looked very tired um, and, and that for me is where you've got to look at your medical team and, and recognise what's going on on the pitch and almost take the equation out of it because he then needs to be um Sorry, someone's at the front door. Um, <laughs> mus muscle injury-wise, it would have been easy for a muscle to be pulled because of that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, brilliant. Okay, just um, on Semenya, yeah, actually, can I? I was just going to say on Semenya because he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because because I agree, Matt. That I, I uh, Matt's going to answer the door, but I, I agree that it, what is his best position? Because for mm. me, I do believe his best position is a striker. But the problem is what we've seen over the last two years is he's not very good at finishing. So that's kind of a bit of a weakness when it comes to being a striker. Um, so there's been a big call for him to be in the starting 11, but mm. for me, I'm, I'm not going to go overboard on him yet because from what I've seen over two years, I think the only goals he scored last season or the season before was when he chased down goalkeepers and it came off his yeah. backside and dribbled yeah. in. That is his special move. What, it, it seems <laughs> to be, doesn't it? He scored one good goal, I think away to, was it Birmingham? Cracking goal. Millwall. I think. Yeah. Millwall, that's the one. Millwall, yeah, um, yeah. So for me, uh, the joy is still out, even though I really want him to do well because he's yeah. got all the attributes and I think he is a striker, but um, but we've not seen him, his finishing skills he just, yet. Yeah, he, needs to, he needs to add finishing to he his does. arsenal, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go through um, the minutes. Just before the game started, there was a minute's applause um, for John Sillett, who was Alan Dick's assistant in the in the glory years and in the, in the, the heady days of the top flight so um, that was really well observed. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to note that because some people, if they didn't come into the ground, into the, the, the actual stadium five minutes before, might not have seen that. So, um, yeah, good, good, good work were, from the club. Were you old enough to remember him as assistant or joint Coventry manager when they won the FA Cup? Yes, yeah. I, was, I say that was my, that was my yeah. first first yeah, FA me Cup too. memory. Keith Keith Houchin scored a diving yeah, yeah. header. Diving header, yeah. 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 yeah, that is my sort of first FA Cup memory. What year was that, do you reckon? Was that 87? 87, 80, maybe? Yeah. yeah, 86, 87. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds yeah. about right. Okay, let's get into the, the game then. Um, so again, I've broken this down into 10-minute chunks. So first 10 minutes, um, the ball was given cheap to Calamo Dowder. Uh, he sends Semenyo off, creates a chance, but nothing comes from it. Good pressing from Semenyo on a couple of occasions. Really high press from Semenyo is great to see. As we said a minute ago, that is his sort of special move, closing down the keeper, trying to get a rebound, and he was unlucky not to get a couple of that. Um, and on six minutes, the, the six minutes applause, I, I, I can't talk about it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because no, I, I won't get through it. But um, yeah, the first 10 minutes, Matt, it was a, a good good opening. Yeah, it was. I was surprised it, it, the way that Derby um, insisted on playing out from the back um, because they just didn't look very comfortable at it. And although you've got two really experienced centre-halves in Curtis Davis and Phil Jagielka, who both, you know, are, are, are decent on the ball, it just felt, if I was a Derby fan, I would have felt really nervous with the way that they were playing. Um, and we almost, you know, we allowed them to do it and then we pressed. So, you know, fair play. We'd obviously seen the way they like to play and, and we um, we looked to combat that. So I thought it was, it was a decent opening from us, yeah. Okay. Um, On that point, though, Matt, do you not think that if they would have done their research, they would have watched the way we play and they would have known that Chris Martin wouldn't have high-pressed and they wouldn't have expected Semenyo because he hasn't started yet. Yeah, so they, no, probably, they probably thought that they could do that against yeah. us. And to be fair, credit to Rooney for wanting to play that style of football because uh, uh, it's the yeah. way I'd want us to play. But, um, I guess it's that balance, Nigel. And it's, it's a bit, I think Russell Martin found it when he went into Swansea that... You, you, you need to play that, but you've also got to accept the fact if the players aren't used to it, they're going to make yeah. mistakes. In yeah. So no, I absolutely agree with you. And, and yeah, you know, we'd, we'd all love to see our team playing the ball on the ground like that, wouldn't we? Mm. Okay, uh, 10 to 20. Let you take this, Nigel. So the goal comes. Goal for Alex Scott, Semenyo, Tenacious, and, we, and, and Vyman loses possession, but the ball rolls into the path of Scott, who finishes well. And we've seen him score a, a goal this season 
similarly when he was in the right place at the right time to pick up a loose ball um, and again finishes well. So uh, confident head on him, Nigel. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the lad's clearly got a huge amount of talent, hasn't he? And we've got to make sure that we actually nurture that. And that's probably you know one of the points I wanted to mention on this on this particular podcast. But yeah, I mean, I've watched it back this morning, and actually, it gets better every time I watch it. And it, in the game, I thought he was about six yards out. Yeah. Actually, but, but when I watched yeah. it this morning, it was it was incredible. He's right on the edge of the box. His technique yeah. was spot on. He's hit it as clean as a whistle. Um, and it was a fantastic finish. And, and as you said, he's, he's, he's done it once before already this season. And, and for me, I think there's a couple of points that Pearson makes in his post-mass uh, interview. And one of the points he alluded to was around, if we're going to play 3-5-2, was the use of wing-backs getting forward. And actually, if you've got, say, your left wing-back getting forward looking for the cross, it's important that your, your right wing-back is actually forward as well at the edge of the box. And I think that was case in point that uh, he was in the right place at the right time. Great yeah. finish. Yeah, Matt is um, obviously we know that he isn't um, a right wing back, um, but if you can get into advanced positions like that and didn't have to do an awful lot of his defensive work yesterday. So it was a game that sort of suited him in that role. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to get exposed because it's just not a position that he's used to playing um, and his natural game is is to be going forward. Um, absolutely echo everything nice said there with the finish. Um Live being in the south stand, sitting behind it, I thought it was not a tap-in. It was more than a tap-in, obviously. But you felt it was kind of a goal he should score. But when you watched it back, um, to be running onto it and and finish it like he did with a really, you know, I think someone described it as his swinger, um, which I think he's a much But I don't think Alex Scott's got a swinger. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, he's a quality player. I mean, you know, I've said before on here, Nigel Pearson said to me um, face-to-face that he thinks he will go on and play um, for Phil England International, um, which is a big statement to make, but um, for such a young lad, I can't remember an 18-year-old having an impact as early as Alex Scott is having. Um, you know, we've seen sort of fits and starts, but I think he's now starting to show a, a level of consistency again in a position that isn't isn't favourable to him. And it'll be interesting when George Tanner is back fit. What happens from that point of view? Where he, where he slots in, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nigel, your thoughts on the pitch invader? Did you see where he came from? <laughs> no, I, th- I was going to ask you the same thing. I still don't know if he was uh, if he was we ours Dar- or theirs. We thought Derby from where we were. We Someone- thought Derby, yeah. but but I, I, I tell you what, I was thinking though. To be honest with you, was it was it was made me laugh. We were talking about it. I'm sure he got kicked out in the bottom left by us, Matt, in the south stand, and I'm sure yeah. he's walked around and gone back in because the stewards on the outside wouldn't have known what was going on in the stadium. And I think about ten minutes later, the stewards over in the far corner were actually kicking somebody out and the bloke behind me said oh look he's getting kicked out again so I'm pretty sure oh, he just really? walked around he used this yeah. ticket to come back in because no one would have known outside would they so no, could have been. I, I'm, I'm convinced just, he got kicked out twice just made me laugh when he was being taken off in the corner and he's trying to gesticulate yeah. oh, to the fans in there but he was ready the, to go wasn't he yeah yeah but there was a, a, a the chap next to Brilliant. me said that there was a, a big looking unit up in the the corner of the landstone and as he was coming through he's looking down over the tunnel at him and then he walks down the steps so (laughs) whether whether he met him as well (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. what an idiot i mean i know it's so i just don't i don't get it because you're then going to be banned for however many seasons if he's a derby fan he's traveled away just where's your brain isn't it like the idiots who bring the flares i think it's a thousand pound fine as well for uh, a pitch invasion yeah 
yeah. flat, flat well, we thing. can't we can't mention that though God, surely without the, the the performance of the steward that tried to take him down i mean <laughs> oh, that was yeah. just as good Trust. wasn't it and you well, just know it's going to happen don't you yeah. he was going at such a pace yeah, yeah and then he's gone for the final tackle yeah. slipped over yeah. gone down brilliant. should have gone yeah. i mean we're all taught shoulder yeah. arms around <laughs> the legs bring him down you know when i was taught that at 11 so why you're going with a little attack yeah not for do you think uh, do you think the stewards go through any training for taking down a <laughs> not according but to that I don't know I saw I did see one in the week where um, a steward did go full on rugby tackle and I literally planted the guy into the hoardings as yeah, well didn't I they? Saw that. So, yeah. there's a degree of uh, you've got to be careful yeah well, I think we've now spent longer on the pitch invader yeah. than the Alex, <laughs> the Alex Scott goal, Scott goal yeah. um, so congratulations Alex Scott is the overriding <laughs> yeah. message from that 10 minutes uh, I think in- both, both of his goals have been winners as well haven't they this season uh, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah. Um, okay, 20, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, great running from Calamo Dowda and Scott finds him with a really good through ball, time to perfection. So many times this season, both of you, I've seen opportunities where the through ball needs to be played now and it hasn't been played. And Alex Scott picks one out exactly at the right time. Um, he picks out Martin, um, but unfortunately, uh, so he, he side foots that one wide. So Callum O'Dowder gets to the byline, crosses it over, and Martin has a great opportunity. Um, and he, he, he skews it wide, Nigel. It was, uh, that was a, could have been a critical moment that to go two goals up. I don't, I don't remember us being two goals in front this season, certainly. Um, we but yeah, saying, we were saying the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't miss. think we have been tuning up at home, have we this season? And, and, and it, it would have given us that comfort, wouldn't it? It would have given us something that yeah. we could have actually, you never know. We might've gone on and actually played and continued the way we were playing. Um, have you seen yeah, it back this morning? Is it as bad as it was? Yeah, yeah, because even the way yeah. he's hit it on the left is where the defender was actually on the line, yeah. whereas the right side was no one. So he got it all wrong. He'll know that. Um, but actually, it was interesting because the performance of that linesman was was shocking. I don't know what you thought, Matt, but he got so many things wrong. Oh, definitely. And um, and, and, and and the run from O'Dowder or Scott, the one before, he was offside. And then yeah. even with the Semenya one five minutes later, which we'll come on to, we were offside for that one as well. So yeah, we would have yeah. got away with murder if both those if they would have gone in because the linesman oh, yeah. had an absolute stinker. On the, on the linesman, I haven't got it written down, but there was an occasion where he didn't give a decision on which way the throw-in was going um, and it's just the hesitation makes yeah. him look stupid yeah, yeah. He, there was yeah, one just, where the yeah. ball went out as well um, and it was clearly out and and arguably it's one of those that they say if it's kind of quite close to you it's easy to miss if, if you're the, the assistant yeah. but yeah I thought the same and I mean I will say I thought O'Dowder's running across the pitch and then coming in like that was was another highlight of it um, what we've been missing, hasn't it? We've, yeah, it we've is. We've been talking all season that we've missed yeah. the width. And what this formation gives us, of course, is it gives us width. It gives us runners. Yeah. It gives us people that can get through those bylines, yeah. break the lines. I mean, in all three of those examples, we were able to break the line through a yeah. simple pass, get to the byline, get crosses in. And that's what we've been missing all season. This formation allows us to play it. So It, it was very much like, it was the game we played recently at home, Stoke, I think probably, where they were just playing that simple straight ball. But it was the run that was making it. Um, and O'Dowda, I, you know, he's still very much Marmite for lots of fans. Um, not for me. I really like O'Dowda. I think he brings an energy, um, but he still needs to deliver more. You know, he gets a number of opportunities and the crosses aren't the, the quality they needs to be. Um, he needs a sustained period, Matt. He does. Without yeah, injury he does. Because and he just keeps, he has a couple of games, starts to yeah. get his form, then gets a knock. Yeah. And, then and even yesterday he had to leave the field because of being 
you know, I don't know if it was tired or if there was a slight strain or what, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a nice move. Um, I thought Martin did well actually to, to take the touch like he did, but like Nigel said, it just went the complete wrong side of the goal. You're looking, thinking you've not even looked to see, you know, where it was. He didn't have a picture there, did he? So quite, quite critical to get that one. Um, yeah. Then I've got noted down, has Atkinson lost a yard of pace? Because a couple of times, he is our, he's apparently the fastest player in the team. And a couple of times, someone no went... Absolutely no uh, chance. They, they, I, I, I read somewhere they did, no did a, a sprint test and he won it. Yeah, no chance. That Ron, Ron Atkinson, you're thinking of it, definitely. Yeah. Ron Are you sure? <laughs> right, okay. I'd, I'd love to know that, but that would be a big, an absolute massive surprise for me. I don't, okay. I don't see that at all, yeah. Write in whoever whoever read wrote that yeah, piece. Yeah, please. Um, but this is Atkinson. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you it's know, I know he's I know he's just come back from injury. It's his first start in the team for some time after an illness. We don't quite know what the illness was, but um, yeah. yeah, he got beat for pace. Well, actually, by, I but then he did win it. It's COVID. So oh. I think I think I, I'm sure Nigel Pearson or somebody I, I, something popped up this morning. I listened to apparently he had COVID, but I, I yeah, right. yeah. yeah that they didn't was say that at the well, time. They fair. just said no. they just said sick or illness. Um, I think it's in his post-mass interview. I, I, something was said this morning that I listened to, so I didn't read it. I heard okay. it. Something said this morning. So yeah, I, but, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, there was a, there were a couple of occasions where he was beat for pace, but then literally as I was typing that in, he did Recovered. make a great tackle. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just maybe finding his feet into the game. But yeah, yeah. he is the fastest player. In his I, I, he was on the game. their best player, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He, was, he, he had a tough day, didn't he? Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. yeah. But it, I think, like you said, Patch, he. He knew he wasn't going to win that foot race, so he just kept with him and 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 made the challenges. There wasn't many that came into the box, was there, from him? So, um, I, I mean, he, I like Atkinson. I think yeah. he's, oh, absolutely. He's been he's, our, he was one of our best players you know, up until he got injured. Um, yeah. One of the players that we would say was the signing of the season so yeah. far. But you've um, got to, you've got to look at the level he stepped up at in yeah, the last couple yeah. of years. It's not just the Oxford. I think eighteen months ago he's playing non-league, so it's you know. It's a but I think if you look at if you look at him, and we said this before, the way he sort of carries himself, the way he runs, well, he looks like he's carrying an injury. He looks knackered um, in the, the warm-up, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bit like Brett Putman. Um, yeah. Thirty to forty, uh, more signs of high press. Callas wins a foul um, from a 50 50. Uh, then Semenyo concedes. Actually, Callas, Callas wins a foul. Was that the one I'm right thinking where he went in and he got booked? Where over in the sort of over by the dolman, he he went in for I a 50 50 and he came yeah, out of it with a booking. I'm not sure if that was the second half. Yeah, it might be. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, Callas wins a foul. Then Semenyo concedes a foul from a ball over the top. Yeah, so, so there's a ball over the top and, and uh, Semenyo's sort of almost through on goal and a foul was given against him um, which which I, again haven't seen back but it seemed seemed a little bit harsh on Semenyo but great to see them making those runs a uh, le- little bit later in that in that spell Semenyo stays on side puts it this is what you were talking about Matt puts it across and Vyman's attempt on goal it just goes past him and he sort of swings at it it's a little bit almost like half-hearted attempt but that one goes over Nigel and it was unfortunate again but we're creating chances. Yeah, yeah we were. And I watched that back this morning. And actually, the Vyman won slightly behind him. So I think that was tricky. And the defender gets across, gets his body in the right place and, and gets enough on it. I, I think that was the one which we weren't sure if it was corner or not at the time. And I don't think it was given. It was a goal kick. Uh, and the Semenyo one, um, were you alluding to that one, Pat? The Semenyo one, the one when he skied it over the bar. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting because uh, as a coach, you, 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 
you teach your kids to sort of to make that split second decision whether to take a touch or not. And actually, you can you can put the Chris Martin example and the Semenya example right next to each other and use that as a demonstration to say, so when do you take a touch and when not? And in the Semenya one, he's not taken a touch and he's skied over the over the bar. And that's an extremely difficult technique to pull off. The Chris Martin one, he takes a touch, so you think he's done everything right. And then he's just got his technique wrong. So yeah. when I see Semenyo miss chances like that, Vyman often misses them. I, I know how incredibly difficult they are. So I don't think we can be too judgmental on them because they're not an easy, that's not an easy technique to, to perform. Mm. But he, you know, he's skied it quite hand, high and handsome, hasn't he? Yeah. And then the last five minutes, this is the Callas incident here. Um, yeah. So he's getting a bit tasty, I've written. <laughs> uh, Backinson's booked for a little bit of um, a coming together in front of the Lansdowne. Yeah, did you stand. see what happened there? No, not really. Only not the really. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think the ref saw it. No. So I'm then thinking, I don't know how you're giving a booking to both because they weren't swinging punches. They were just sort of in each other's faces at that yeah. point. And it was like, well, why, why are you booking them? Because you haven't seen what's going on. Must have been some verbals. I didn't see any coming yeah. together of any sort. Um, but yeah, he, he was booked. Scott was then upended uh, straight after that. Vyman gets... Vyman away gets to the byline, pulls it back to Semenyo and Semenyo fires well over. So this was an opportunity for Semenyo. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's he's just sort of leaning back and tries to go for power over accuracy, Matt, I think, on that one. Yeah, it's like nice referenced. Yeah, it was um it, it's something he's got to work on, isn't it? Um and I I I wonder sometimes when I'm looking at the sort of training sessions at the HPC, we don't seem to do it almost full pitch and in a real sort of game scenario. Um, but again, he's been out a long time. Um, hopefully, that's something that he is going to improve on. I certainly felt his physicality was different yesterday. Yeah. Um, so brought I, something to... different to the team. Yeah, he did. Which was did. much needed. Yeah. Much needed in general. And he, you know? he's he's got a little bit of something about him as well, Antoine. He doesn't, mm. you know, it. it there's a couple of times I think it was a challenge on him yesterday where he turned round in yeah. and squared up against the guy. So yeah, you know. But here's the here's the incident uh, where Callis gets booked. He, he sort of goes running onto the, into the sort of left back position, makes a makes a good tackle, almost like hooks his leg round and hooks the ball away. But the referee sees something. Obviously, I don't. Neither of you were in the Dolman stand. They, they might have seen something slightly different. But I couldn't see anything wrong with that. And he comes away with the booking. Any advance thought, on that from you? I, I thought he gave it for foot up. Um, it, it looked from where I was that it was more of a kind of foot going down, but mm. the defence or the, the midfielder, whichever it was, was was low with his mm. head. So I don't think it was dangerous play. Um, and like you, I, I was really surprised with the booking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it got a little bit tasty in the last sort of five five mm. minutes, which, again, it's it's almost good to see that there is that that uh, intent, that um, commitment get a bit tasty last weekend at Sheffield wouldn't you because there yeah. was none of that so yeah absolutely halftime summary from Rob what a difference pressing and energy makes need to maintain the positivity Derby want to pass but quite simply don't let them Davis and Ruiz are dreadful if pushed finally we're doing what others have done to us Semenye will undoubtedly fade Wells needs to pick up the baton our game to lose let's hope we don't so that was Rob's thoughts at halftime any qualms with that gents? Spot on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the only the only thing I would mention at the halftime break was was we talked about possession. Uh, Derby sixty eight percent possession, I think, yesterday, as we said. Halftime, it was actually eighty two percent. So was we talk it? about that being one of our best halves this season. So put that into context for a second. Bloody We're hell, the home yeah. team, and Derby had eighty two percent possession. Mm, and nice. that for me is extremely worrying. So we broke a few lines. We managed to have a bit, bit, bit well, we created chances. Yeah. But you can't tell me we're playing particularly good football at eighteen percent possession at home. You know that, it, that really surprises me, Nigel. Yeah, me too. I was shocked yeah. as well, mate, because I thought that was you know as you said, Matt. You're right. It felt as if we were playing yeah. better football, which I think we did. But in context, we had yeah. such a little amount of possession. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And, and we we just continually turn it over as well, don't we? I mean, Nigel Pearson. To yeah. be fair to him, he, he says a lot of the right things afterwards where he talks about we make the wrong decisions, we turn it over and you think, well, yeah, we'll get all of that. But what what are we then coaching to try and stop some of that? Um, because, yeah, it was so, but yeah, Christ, 82, that really surprises me. Mm. Is that something that they're intending to let them have the ball and and then we, get the ball back when they get into an advanced position or? I think we did from from the keeper and the defenders, but not not to that level. I mean, mm. that's that's more. I I didn't necessarily see Derby playing it across the back in the old sort of, you know, like we used to do sideways backwards all the time. I did think they were trying to play it forward from playing from the back. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, that is a worrying stat. Okay, and I know stats are stats, but you, yeah, you've got you've got to have more of the ball to want to do anything in yeah. the game. Haven't you? You've got to have the ball to do anything in the game. So you know, yeah, absolutely. Okay, forty-five to sixty. I'm upping it now to fifteen-minute chunks. <laughs> this is getting it's just getting when the, quite... just when the hospitality yeah. beer was flowing. Patch, or... <laughs> well, it's it's quite difficult because you know I'm I'm making these notes. I haven't looked at these since I typed them. So uh, yeah. apologies if it's a little bit stuttery, but it's um I find it really hard to watch the game and take these notes at the same time. So uh, hopefully wanna... everyone appreciates this. <laughs> yeah, of course we do. You want to you want to set your phone to record with your headset and then just talk it through. Yeah, dictaphone, phone, but then I'd have to listen yeah. to it the next day and then and then speak yeah, that's it back. True. Yeah. Um yeah. right, 45 to 60, two Callas throw-ins both caused problems, which was good to see. They were really hard and low. Um winding up the Derby fans with it, with his towel drying. Uh <laughs> they were giving him a bit of stick. Not, not just the Derby fans. Well, yeah, but uh, they were they were actually verbal verbalizing their their their, their annoyance. Um but yeah, the I think both of them, one was one with the flick on, um, literally just went past the far post, um, and the other one just caused the Derby defence some um, hassle. So uh, that was good to see. Rob Atkinson overlaps and fires across, but it's blocked. Uh, Masengo bends one right-footed, high and wide, and Odauda pushed on the edge of the box. And you've seen them given, I've written, but it was one of those ones where it was quite close to the edge of the box. And yeah, he, he just gets the, the right side of the, the Derby defender, but doesn't get anything. But just going back to, to Rob Atkinson and his overlap, Nigel, we, we saw him in quite advanced positions yesterday for someone who's part of a back three. Yeah, and, and and again, yeah, I've said before, I like this formation. It's a formation I think works for this squad of players. It does absolutely depend on what squad of players you've got, by the way. So I wouldn't automatically say it's it works for everybody. But but fundamentally, we've got three good, strong centre-backs in Baker, Atkinson and Callas. Um, 
And for me, Atkinson is the ball-playing centre-back. So actually, in that formation, what you do is you want one of those centre-backs to actually start progression and, and um, transition to start bringing the ball into midfield. And Atkinson, we saw earlier in the season, he's very capable of doing that. Um, so for me, yeah, it's, it's, it's ideal. It works for him to be able to, to, to get us playing um, once, rather than Bentley going to Martin every time. So yeah, it works for me. Yeah. And Matt, on Masengo, I can't wait till he scores a goal, but he's had an opportunity there. <laughs> Um, where he's he's picked it up on the edge of the box and just bent it bent it round, tried to get a bit more whip on it, and it just hasn't worked. Yeah, sadly, you might have to wait a bit longer. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I actually thought Han Noah put in a performance that was much more what we expect from him. Um, I think the last couple of games since he's come back from injury was was nothing like he he was playing at the level he was before. I thought it was much more of a, a hand performance yesterday. Um, and it's going to come. Of course it is. Again, you, I think the problem is, again, you forget how young he is. I mean, he's, he's still, I mean, you think he's only 19 if he's, if he's that. Um, but he's also experienced now at this level. Um, and there does absolutely come a point where it sort of says, you know, he's a midfielder. That, all right, if you're a, an out-and-out out defensive midfielder and all you're there to do is, you know, break up the play and not really create anything, that's one thing. But he's not that, and he hasn't, I don't think he's got a single assist and he's not got a single goal. So, you know, it's definitely something he needs to improve on. He's 20, by the way. Turn, is he 20? Is he? Turn 20 in July. Right. Um, okay. So into the 60th minute, 60 to 75, we make a change. Matt James comes on for Backinson. Now, this was a bit of a surprise. Uh, honestly, what I heard in the week that he was out for at least a couple of weeks, won't be rushed back. I was surprised to see him on the subs bench and even more of a surprise to see him come on. Um, but how did you see that one, Nige? That change, James coming on for Backinson? Yeah, really surprised. Uh, and again, you know, you're right. So Nigel Pearson has said in his interview in the week that it would be two to three weeks. So we all worked on that basis. I was surprised to see him on the bench, firstly. Um, and then I was definitely surprised to see him come on. Um, and again, the the interview I alluded to this morning, so it was the Nigel Pearson interview that he, he talked about um, Atkinson having COVID. He also talked about James and he says that obviously um, his wording was along the lines of the, the obvious that we've got to protect him, which we, we haven't got to push him too hard. But he's been training really well. He hasn't done much training, but what he has done, he's done well. And therefore his experience was basically what was needed. And he, mm. he said there was no way we were going to use him from for long yesterday, but the intention was that they would use him for a short period. That's exactly what he's done. So just give mm. us that experience to see the game out, wasn't it? Yeah, because I thought he was on the bench to be a presence in the dressing room more so and presence on the touchline, etc. But yeah, well, it's great to see him come on nevertheless. Um, yeah. Atkinson, again, I've written down getting forward like a wing back. I think that happened on a couple of occasions. Um, Cam Pring comes on for Callum O'Dida. And I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but Pearson who was quite animated all the game. Very, very animated. Yeah, really, really, you know, going through every header, every tackle. Um, but he was desperate to get Campering on. So he must have seen something either in Callum O'Dowder that said he wants him to come off because he wasn't doing his job properly, or he just wanted to get Pring on for more of his defensive qualities. Matt, how did you see that one? I thought I saw Callum signal to the bench. Ah, um, right, okay. So I think there was an element of, of that. Um Interesting on the Nigel Pearson thing, and and it you know it again it it flies in the face a little bit of what Nigel Pearson had said before about it being pantomime. He can see it from the stands. Sorry, yeah. Nigel. You know we could see how animated he was. He was kicking every ball. So please don't don't tell me that it doesn't matter if you're on the touchline or not. I mean it's clear yesterday. 
Um, so yeah, let's hopefully that's put to bed in. And I do think it makes a difference. Um, some some good, some bad. To be fair, um, but yeah, he was he was directing so much of the players then and calling players where they needed to go. And obviously, he's the sort of manager who absolutely shows his displeasure when things aren't done properly. Mm. Um, you need that though, Matt, that, don't you? Is that any you different know, to Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp? Uh, it's not, is it? So that's you know. Players if it influences referees to make decisions, then that's yeah. it. that's enough in itself. Yeah. By not being there, you've got one manager in the ear of the fourth official Absolutely. constantly. Yeah. And you don't have our case for yeah. case in point for the argument. So, no, you know, completely. long may it continue is one of the yeah. big bugbears for me, Matt, all season, yeah. you know. But if he goes back to the stands, then he goes down in my estimation again. That's well, just because of the fact you, you can't talk about it being pantomime and then... No, yeah, no. play that role, can you? So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You, you can go back to the stands for the first half if we're winning on a winning streak, just to see yeah. how we can improve and get better. But then I still want yeah. you, I still want you down in the down yeah. in the uh, dugout for the second half. But uh, yeah, when in the situation we're in, heading heading south, um, we need our manager on the touchline. And, and in truth, we don't know whether any of that is to do with you know his health condition that he's had as well. That that might have been part of it. You know, if he's 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 openly admitted to having sort of trouble um, arthritis and what have you. So yeah, you know, yeah. maybe there's an element of that standing up for you know 95, 98 minutes isn't necessarily easy like that. Yeah. So I expect yeah. he I expect he um, had as much of a workout as some of our players in that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, 74th minute, Naki Wells comes on that for Semenyo. Good shift from Semenyo, but I think just to introduce Wells, we know what he's capable of. I think that was a you know, a wise move. Well, it was a debate, wasn't it, on our WhatsApp in terms of what Naki Wells is capable of and, and some I think we'll, we'll go on to talk about now because I, I really like Naki Wells and he was a player that I wanted us to sign for many years. When we signed, I thought he could be the missing sort of piece in the jigsaw. Um. No, I will say it. I, I don't like his attitude. I don't like his attitude. I thought yesterday some of what he did was was good in terms of defensively. Actually, he made a couple of really good challenges chasing back. But going forward, um, yeah, I'm 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 not seeing it. And and I will, you know, go on record to say it, I'll be surprised if he's still here in January. Um, I just don't think we're not playing to his strengths. And I know Patchy's someone that you, you know you've often talked about playing in the middle in the same way as I have. But I'm not seeing enough from him when he comes on to make me think he's got to start as one of those centre forward too. Um, do it, you know? I, I think you're getting more from Chris Martin, who gets loads of stick from a team perspective. I think Chris Martin would give us more at the moment than Naki Wells is, and that actually sticks in the throat a little bit because, like I said, he's a player I do really like. But for whatever reason, I'm not sure on his attitude. And there was one moment yesterday where he played a, a little chipped ball from a, a move that we had. Nigel Pearson, I think if he could have gone on the pitch and grabbed him around the throat, he would have done because he was absolutely... And I think Naki Wells, the passenger play, in the next following minutes, he came across and Pearson absolutely ripped into him. Um, so he needs to... He's, he's got that kind of... I don't know if it's an arrogance or what, but it, he's, he's got to change if he's going to be you know, a starting player for us. Yeah, I... I'm not sure what to think um, on Naki Wells. I, I think he's still a little bit misunderstood in terms of um, not getting the opportunities and the running the running the team. You know, I probably would have started yesterday with Wells and Semenyo up mm. top personally, uh, and I'd love to have seen that for 75 minutes and see what happens there. But you're right, yeah. Chris Martin against his former side did have a good game, so it's a hard decision to make. But uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to just see him given more of an opportunity. 
in the role which he's designed to play in. But I think, Nigel, don't, I think it was you that posted in our, our WhatsApp, his stats yeah. aren't actually yeah. that prolific. And, and we think of him as being that 25-goal-a-season striker for us, don't we? And he's really it's not. It's easy, isn't it? It's, it's, it's easy to have an assumption when you spend five million quid on a striker that actually he's going to be the missing link. And I think... Yeah. The, the stats I shared last night, so here's a call out for Pete if he listens. Uh, Pete's one of the guys I sit with. He really does not rate Naki Wells. Yeah. Um, and he asked me to look at the stats, which which I did. And you will see that he has never actually scored 20 goals in a season. So we automatically assume because we pay 5 million quid for someone, and this goes back to my point again, I'd rather in January go out and scour the, scour the lower leagues and find someone who's hungry, who's got an appetite to succeed rather than someone that comes with a 5 million and a high wage slip because yeah. he's never scored 20 goals. So for City fans that think he's going to, if you give him a run in the team, well, he's never done it before. He had one yeah. purple patch for QPR where he scored 13 goals in 26 games. Um, so he may have been on course over a full season, but prior to that, he has never scored 20 goals in the season. So yeah. I don't think, unfortunately, he is the answer and the solution that we're looking for. Mm, okay, time will tell. Right, it, um, sorry, Matt. Pat. Sorry, Pat. Yeah, but it, it's an interesting point that Nigel you're making there, and and it's one you've you've made before, and I I really really like whether we'll do it or not is another matter. But I think a lot of fans go, you know, we should be going out and getting X from Chelsea at seven million in, but no, less. You know, when you look at the teams, the Jerry Yates is at Blackpool in some of those players, they've come from, and I'm not saying he's setting the world alight. He was he was an example, but I think. You're absolutely right. The hunger, getting someone in who wants to prove it at that level, has got to be a, a, a better option for us. We're where Vardy, we are, Vardy's especially. a great example, isn't he? Yeah, of course he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw a post on Twitter, I'm sure you saw it as well, but someone in the week said, "If you don't forget that three of our squad come from the current European champions in Chelsea. So it's not always about actually yeah. just buying the big name players. You yeah. look at Casey Palmer, obviously he's one of them, isn't he? Um, De Silva, uh, Callas, obviously we, we like Callas, but you've got a couple of players there that are probably off the bus and will be going in January. Yeah. They've come from the European champions. Um, and I'm we've right paid a lot Palmer of money. came from Chelsea, aren't Yeah, he did. I'm not yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, and paid so an awful lot of money and awful high had, wages. Huge wages, uh, big, big, big signing on fees. Um, yeah. And then... Who are we talking about on this call? We're talking about people like Alex Scott, Ben Arous, yeah. Cam Pring. Yeah. Hey, these are the guys we need to go out and spend in January and give yeah. us a chance to push us forward into the next phase, the next couple of years, not not players to come with a reputation that perhaps don't want to be in Bristol. Yeah. So if you're listening, Sean Gillespie. Get <laughs> on it. So the last 15 minutes um, was pretty much backs, backs to the walls a little bit because there was it, it was some great hold-up play down the corner. I think Atkinson was down the corner trying to hold the ball up and, uh, and Pring and a few others. But um, there was a, on the 90, 92nd minute, I think it was, we were just trying to keep possession. And Zach Viner kicks the ball up the field instead of just passing it along the back and retaining it. And everyone around me was just saying, don't just hoof it. You've got to just keep possession. And we all literally, if we had hair, we would have t- tore it out. Um, because he does exactly that. He hoofs it up the up the field and Derby are back well, in possession. Well, he didn't really hoof it up the field, did he? he I think he just caught... It was more of a pass. <laughs> on the centre half. Yeah, he, he sort of found the centre, centre circle. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I go back to Pearson on the sidelines. Dan Bentley, a couple of his kicks literally only reached the centre circle. Mm. Um, and Pearson, again, tore an absolute strip into Bentley, saying, like, you know, go bloody long sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's... Zach Viner... 
for me yesterday, again, he did a lot of really good things, but almost for every good thing he did, he then did a really sloppy piece of concentration or a sloppy pass, exactly like you said there, mm. that just invited the pressure on. And, and yeah, it, it was poor. And, and that's we've got a, a terrible habit of doing that, that we just give the ball away so cheaply. I mean, all, all over the pitch, but when your back's against the wall, you know, just hold on to it, find the right pass. Or if you need to go long, make sure you go long. Don't do what we did. So, yeah. yeah. But we see the game out and it's a 1-0 victory. A good lap of honour from all the players. They were they were taking in the applause quite rightly. Um, if Nigel Pearson's listening or someone who, who can give him some information, great that I love it that he waits to get all the players off the pitch. All the players are off the pitch. Dan Bentley is the last one off as captain. Fine. Then just raise your hands and clap, clap the uh the home support. Because he didn't do that yesterday and he's done it before, but he waited for everyone to come off the pitch and everyone's then waiting just to see him applaud the fans. And I know he does it in the post-match, which is great, but doesn't take doesn't take a second just as if you're the last one off the pitch, raise your hands, clap all, all three sections of the crowd, um, and off you go down the touchline. Yesterday he was just he just waited for Dan Bentley to go off and then just walked walked down into the tunnel. Did you guys pick up on that? I, I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I mean, he's not, he, he is, he just doesn't seem that sort of manager, does he? I don't I don't know what he was like at previous clubs. For, for me, it takes nothing to walk 10 yards onto the pitch and clap, you know, all four corners of the ground, does it? Um, and, and I think it, again, it, it then, um, I'm trying to find the right word, but it means the fans then get behind you that little bit more. They, mm. they, that, you know, there's that connection. A tiny, in, tiny little bit. Yeah. That, that would, get more fans on side if yeah. you like i think yeah. a lot of people just like that appreciation uh, the 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 physical appreciation as much as the verbal appreciation that he does give in every interview he does he mentions the fans however that's just that physical bit as well nige for me but even on that point patch and and, and i may be wrong here i'll i'll happily listen it back and and apologize if i am but i don't think he's ever thanked the fans in a post match interview without being asked to thank the fans, if that makes sense. So the question will always be, uh, and the fans were great again today, weren't they? And so he would then say, yes, we need them, blah, blah, blah. I'll listen to it back. And has he ever actually proactively come out and said, and the fans I think were it's, fantastic. I'll I think it's, oh, yeah, I think it's 50-50 on that. I've been waiting yeah. for, you know, I, I listened with intent. I haven't listened to the one yeah. from yesterday yet, but on a couple of occasions, he has been, not been preempted yeah. to say it. Okay, that's good. Because um, the fact, as you said the little things make all the difference and yeah. to just come out and, and give everybody a round of applause and give them a clap yeah, the f- yeah. you'll get more people it's, on side 100%. it's easy with a win isn't it but like you go back to the Cardiff game and the way that he did it at the Cardiff game where yeah. he came onto the pitch obviously everyone was singing Nigel Pearson's Red and White Army or whatever we were singing at the time I think it was something slightly different I can't remember now but um, and, and he clearly applauded the fans and there was that connection you know I don't. I don't. I think every fan wants a manager that does that, likes the whole, you know, like we had with Lee Johnson. And I mean, it got a little bit, you know, with the banks around and stuff. But you know, you look at Jurgen Klopp. You look at, you know, the the very best. You have that connection, and if you if you have that connection, then it just gets the whole club feeling like you're one, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I was a big, I, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the Johnson says banks around the ground. I think that all that just picks the fans up from a seven yeah. up to a nine yeah. um, and little things like that. I don't think we've bounced around the ground this season yet. 
Um, but if we went two goals up, I think we would start. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> right, I, okay. I, I, but it's a good point to make, Pat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I just, just, just raise your hands and clap. Right, Matt, over to you. Let's go through the ratings. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Dan Bentley, I've gone six. Um, he, he really had nothing to do yesterday, did he? Um, Derby created very little. I was surprised, and 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 funny enough, it was only when I watched the clip back. Um, Right at the end, Alex Scott played a, a probably one of the only poor passages to play from Alex Scott yesterday, but his clearance just went to the edge of the box to Ravel oh, Morrison. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible, and, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Ravel Morrison at a first-time shot. And it was only watching that back that I'd realised Ravel Morrison was playing. Um, and it was a player that I was really looking forward to seeing play because of knowing his background and he's a bit of a troubled character, but... So I was disappointed in, in him because I didn't really recognise he did anything. And also Tom Lawrence, I was surprised at him because he's a player I, I've rated quite highly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so Dan Bentley for me, six, because he didn't have much to do. Zach Viner, I don't know if I'm being a bit tight. I've gone six for Zach. I, I think when you're you're part of a defensive three, five, they get a clean sheet, you know, that, that that's kudos. I just felt, like I said, for lots of the good that he did, he spoiled it with a couple of real lapses of concentration. So I thought of the three, he was not at the level that, that the other two were. Um, Rob Atkinson, I've gone seven. Um, I thought he was solid coming back in, like we've said. Uh, yes, he got beat for pace, but recovered well, got forward. And I thought it was a decent performance from Rob. Um, again, back to a level akin to what we'd seen at the start of the season from him. Um, Thomas Callas, I've actually gone. Uh, uh, a page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've gone eight for Thomas. Um, I actually thought it was a really strong performance from him, but then when I looked at it, I thought, well, was it an eight? Or have I, again, have I just got a bit carried away with the win? So I'll, I'll let you boys decide. Yeah, but I, went I, eight, I, think so. an eight, I think an eight's good, as you showed yeah. a, a commitment, a level of desire that hopefully filters through to the rest of the team. Yeah. I think he was unlucky with the booking. Um, and I think you could physically see him giving instruction and marshalling and, yeah. and looking after some of the younger players. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Agreed. Um, Alex Scott, I've gone eight, and I've gone man in a match for Alex Scott. Um, I think his winner comes into that, certainly. Um, but I thought on the performances that he's had of late, um, he, he kind of dipped and it was a difficult one. Um, again, might be being a little bit top-heavy with it. Um, but I didn't think he got caught as much defensively. Um, I thought he did get forward. I thought he played a number of key sort of passes through. So, yeah, I went eight for Alex and man of the match. But again, I'm open to... Yeah, happy with that. Nigel? Uh, yeah, I don't... To be fair, I don't think he had anything to do defensively yesterday, did he? Uh, all the threat from Derby came down their right-hand side. Yeah. Um, so he had a free... I think he had a free pass yesterday, if I'm honest yeah. with you. So, yeah. Yeah, fair shape. Um, Callum... I've gone seven, probably not as much of an attacking display as, as um, we've seen, or certainly in terms of getting the balls in. But again, I think the energy that he shows um, and the, the way that he does break the line and comes across the pitch to do it as well causes a few problems. Um, I do think that he's he's quite a key, key member of this squad at the moment. I really do. Um, so yeah, I went seven to Callum. Um, midfield, so Andy Vyman... Um, whether he played in front of the two or, or part of the, the three. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was in the camp. Yeah, so I, I went six for Andy Vyman. I thought his energy was very good. 
Um, but I thought, again, in terms of some of the quality, not a position you necessarily want to play in, but you know he, he did probably what I would expect, so not, not really any more than that. Um, Tyreek, I've gone six, um, and only because I thought he faded quite a bit in the second half. Um, first half, I probably would be talking seven, um, well, easily seven, because um, I thought he'd had a decent showing in the first half. But I thought second half... Um, again, he got a little bit sloppy. Obviously, he got taken off um, because it felt that we were losing a little bit of the, the, the control in there. Um, but again, you know, I'm not going to dispute if, if you boys feel it was a seven. Um, I'm, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with a seven. I, I think because Ty- Tyreek's a little bit marmite, isn't he? So yeah, he, he's very he has much. a good game, and then he sort of seems to drop off. And there's his accusation; he's a bit lazy, and I think that's just his language style, his style of play, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I actually think he played well yesterday. I, I thought that was one of his better ones. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go seven yesterday, Matt. Patch? Hmm. I was with you on a six, Matt, I think. Yeah. Okay. yeah. A couple of occasions, I just wanted him to just put his foot in a bit quicker. Um, but, yeah, See, I thought the first ten minutes, I thought he actually pressed quite well because JC, yeah, they... my son sort of looked around and said, oh, he's Tyreek's up for it yeah. um, today. And yeah. did he give the ball away as much yesterday? I don't think he for, did because in previous games, he's very wasteful with possession. First, so I, first I half, that was a vast improvement. Yeah, first yesterday. half, definitely not. I thought he was a seven. Um, I just thought, did it, did, his, did he dip enough to be a five for it to then be a six? So, I But don't, let's yeah. not forget, six is an expected performance. Yeah. That was yeah. an expected mm. performance from Tyreek. He didn't yeah. score, didn't yeah. get an assist, didn't yeah. you know, okay. Set the world yeah. on fire, but it, but yeah. vast vast improvement from his three on on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, hand though, I went seven. I thought it was a a, a much stronger hand p- performance yesterday. Um, both in terms of winning the ball, I and mean, there was a passage of play in front of Dolman again when he was doing his pirouettes in yeah. coming out with the ball and the line. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know. As much as I love him, yeah, he does need to start producing a little bit more now from a creativity point of view. And yeah, Nigel Pearson clearly talked about it in the week. We need to be more creative, um, and and I include Han within that. But yeah, I've gone I've gone seven for him yesterday. Matt, do you think, given where Pat sits in the stand, there, do you think this Han Noah Masengo pillowette is it just for Patch? Is it just showing off? For oh, definitely. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he only ever seems to do it front of the Dolman, doesn't he? It was. He, he, he was in the hospitality sure yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he swapped. Yeah. 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 I'm always in the yeah. lands, I see. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think I've just got the two up front boys, haven't I? Um, yep. So I'll go Chris Martin first. Um, again, I mean, it, there's a lot of bloody players that are Marmite in our team, aren't there? But Chris Martin, I think, gets a huge amount of stick. Um, I, would, I, I wouldn't have disagreed with him being rested. I think always when you're playing against one of your former teams, you want to play. Um, but I genuinely felt, certainly the first half again, it was one of his most effective performances. But because also of the way we were playing into him, should have scored undoubtedly. And then you could argue, were you expect him to score in that position? So does that really warrant a seven? But I did genuinely feel that his his forward play yesterday, it showed what what he can do in the way that if Pearson wants to play like that, well then coach your players to play the ball into his feet and then let's work off him that way to go long into him. And I don't know about you boys, I didn't feel that Dan Bentley was going long as much yesterday either. Um, yeah. Maybe again because of the opposition, but yeah, so I, I went seven for Chrissy Martin yesterday. Um, and then Antoine, um, again, I don't, I'm not going to go over the top with it. I've gone seven for Antoine. I thought it was a performance of, of real promise. Coming back in like that showed 
um, showed really what we should be looking for in January as well in terms of a, a, a powerful pacey striker um, or certainly you know you, you need that pace and goes back to Lee's Biggs's three words doesn't it but yeah so I, I went seven for Antoine because he understandably faded as well okay average 6.82 for the starting 11 which going back to the over the last four games I think it was 6.4 6.9 and then down to four for Sheffield four, yeah. United and then up yeah. to 6.82. So good. Okay. Yeah. And, and a 1-0 win at home. Yeah, when you've got the possession you've got, probably feels a, about right. But And then for Nige, again, I'm not going to go over the top. I, I went six. Um, I thought, you know, I, I expect us to, to beat Derby, a team. And and it's I was talking to one of the chaps on, in the concourse and uh, he was saying, you know, Derby, you know, it's only the 21 points deduction in, you know, and you think, yeah, a- absolutely. But what people forget is that I think Wayne really had something like five players in the preseason and he's had to recruit a whole squad, really. So to get them, you know, getting the points they've got so far that hadn't been deducted, he's done really well. So yeah. I would have expected us to beat Derby yesterday, so yeah, I went six for Pearson yesterday. Okay. Happy with that, Nigel? Yep, yep, wouldn't argue with that. Okay. Right, well, let's have a look at some of the comments. Uh, Nigel, you posted a, a, a nice summary in the WhatsApp group yesterday. Do you want me to... I can, I've got yep, that here. I can read that through. Yep. Um, so, sticking with the three-five-two is the best formation for this squad of players and provides a bit of consistency. Derby were poor, as I expected so much from them after they beat Bournemouth. Their centre-backs were 75-year-olds. Pace destroyed them. Semenyo had one of his best games, but is terrible in front of goal. Martin needs a rest and a challenge in the January transfer window. Viner can be a liability. The atmosphere was not great until the last 10 minutes. 10 points off the drop gives us a platform to build from I still think these players are capable of more with better leadership we were at home and Derby had 68% position we've not won a single game all season home or away with the most possession great three points and this was all your fault you said time for some beers so that was what I took as red <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and have I, a good weekend yeah. all I think the couple, the couple of key things for me Patch from, from that summary was was around um the, the formation I mentioned earlier, I think it works. We've talked about um, we've talked about Viner being a liability. Matt's alluded to it. He does some really good stuff, and then he just has his moments of madness, doesn't he? Um, the Chris Martin thing for me. Uh, surely now we've been talking about it for such a long time, but as we get closer to January, it's so blatantly obvious now, isn't it, that that is our absolute priority in January? Would, would you agree? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's been our priority since from our as you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. And this is much for Chris's benefit than anybody else. It's not that we yeah. want Chris out of the team. It's actually so he can have that period of rest. Um, and actually, he's got a bit of competition for places, which we all mm. know is the right thing. It's a good thing, and, yeah. And, and the other thing for me was, um, you mentioned the age of the centre-back. So for me, again, just picking up for me, and if I'm going to, I like to criticise Nigel Pearson every now and again, as you know, but does he do enough work on the opposition? So again, in his interviews, he will often say, it's about us, it's about how we set up, it's about what we do. And again, it's very old school. Modern day coaches will be looking at the stats of opposition teams. If I knew, and I didn't know until about 10 minutes into the game, if I knew that their centre-backs were 39 and 36, I wouldn't have played Chris Martin yesterday. I would have played Wells and and um, Semenyo because we know that Semenyo absolutely destroyed him in that first half. And I think Wells and Semenyo, they, they would have been 
terrified. And as I said, I'm not saying Wales is the answer, but in that particular game, 75 year old centre backs, they looked really sluggish, didn't they? Cur- yeah. Curtis Davis looked like he'd put on a few pounds, I think. And yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Was that the game yesterday to use pace? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but yeah. Before I forget, um, I just want to say uh, it was great to see the Four Seasons book being launched yesterday in the in the sports bar and grill. Um, Tom Ritchie, Trevor Tainton, Jerry Sweeney and Paul Cheesley were there signing the book. So um, met those guys. Great to see. Trevor Tainton and Jerry Sweeney haven't changed a bit, I don't reckon. They, they just look the same. <laughs> Sorry, Cheese. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's good to see. Yeah. yeah Did you absolutely. get a copy patch? I, I read I um Alan bought a copy um right, okay. chap I was sat with, so um I had a, a, a thumb through and it's definitely definitely something I will get. It's it yeah. was a really, really good book and lovely to see, you know, it's the, celebrating the four seasons of being in the top flight and yeah. it's an ed, it's an education I need myself and I think a lot of a lot of the fans will really really enjoy. So um yeah. I will be will be getting a, a copy of that. Um, there were some some more comments through on the Twitter at three p i a p c. Unless you, if you aren't following it, please please do. Obviously, Doctor Dean Allen are battling three points for Bristol City. An enjoyable first half where we actually looked dangerous. Semenyo added the pace and thrust we've been desperately lacking. The usual story. Second half we sat back, but we hung on. Let's build on this. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to George Townsend at George T underscore UK on Twitter, who st- started doing some pre-match previews and some blogs. So uh, please do check him out. Um, it was great to just get a bit of information on the game um, pre-match. Um, but that's about it from me, chaps. Um, in terms of going into the next game, we're away to Hull. Um, it's a, it's a fair old way, but Matt, how do you, do you line up still in the same formation, same personnel starting? Um, probably I, I don't know enough about Hull. I've not seen, I mean, obviously they've, they've been on a decent run of form. I think they had something like four wins on the bounce and they drew yesterday with Reading, I think. Um, so yeah, probably I'm not, I'm not sure it's too soon. You don't want to bring Matty James in as a start. Um, so I think if all the players are fit, then I probably would go with the same starting lineup next week. Yeah. Uh, nice for you. Uh, probably. I, I keep talking about three five two being our best formation, but away you, you have to have a slightly different mentality. I think. I, I guess mm. it does depend what Matt said on on how they shape up. I, you know, you need to have a look and see what formation they're going to play. You're right, Matt. They've been on a really good run, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so we need to be wary of it. But our next three games, I've talked about these batches in December. We've got Hull, Huddersfield and Luton, you know, 19th, 11th and 12th, all within three points. So it's a massive, massive December. Yeah. Um, and we're in a far better position now being 10 points off. Um, although we only picked up four points from a possible 15 in November. So we're yeah. not we're not exactly flying, but the fact that we've extended that gap from the bottom three I think suggests how poor this championship is at the moment. Massively. I'm pretty sure that's a, a knock-on effect because of COVID. So it looks as if we probably won't be one of the bottom three. Um, so it gives us that platform to to build from. But three games that we should be picking points up, I think. Yeah, Good stuff. 
chaps thank you as always for for joining us um and yeah we'll be back soon but don't forget to follow us at 3piapc on twitter and we'll be back uh next sunday for the review of the whole game so for now thanks for listening and we'll take care thanks patch thanks for listening everyone thanks yeah. much. thanks guys Crash and burn